Hey y'all, welcome to How Should the Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. We are on all major streaming platforms, so please be sure to like, share, and follow. I'm going to keep it really short and sweet with the intro today because we're going to go ahead and jump into the um, installment of the series that I introduced a couple of episodes ago, which is the Intro to Fashion Merchandising series. I'm going to be covering different aspects of the fashion merchandising world just to kind of give you a little bit more in-depth information about what goes on behind the scenes. I know that some of you all may want to get into fashion. You don't necessarily want to work in retail, so you don't really know what other options that there are because there are corporate positions outside of just being a retail manager or um, a visual merchandiser, as well as even if you are wanting to have your own store, if that's something that you aspire to have, this will give you a little bit more in-depth view of what goes on behind the scenes as far as production, how they forecast the trends, how they decide what is going to be uh, popular, what they predict to be popular, as well as how all of that gets created as far as supply chain management and all those things. We're going to cover all those things. With this episode, we're going to jump into trend forecasting, trend analysis, and what the difference is between the two. Now, I advise you to go to my website, howshoe.co, and download the free ebook, which is Intro to Fashion Merchandising. You have the option at the footer of the website. What that does is it signs you up for the Intro to Fashion Merchandising ebook that I created. It's almost 40 pages. It gives you a visual of all the things that we'll be discussing within the next couple of episodes. It's a great resource. Um, this is not something that I just came up with. I, this is something I really, really wanted to do. I kind of want to niche down so that I can be of the best service to you that I can. Give you a little bit of background on me just so I can, you know, this is not something that I just woke up and said, hey, I think I'm going to do this. I have been in retail since I was 15 years old. My undergraduate degree is in fashion merchandising. I have a minor in marketing management and I have a master's in public relations. So I'm pretty sure that I know what I'm talking about. Okay. So today, like I said, we're going to discuss trend forecasting and trend analysis and what the differences are. Now, fashion forecasting and trend analysis are two totally different things, but they are very closely related. In order to analyze something, it has to exist, correct? So what the anal what trend analyzing does is it takes what has been forecasted and it pretty much kind of dissects or is a more in-depth analysis of what already has been produced. So fashion forecasting is an essential aspect of fashion industry because it serves as a roadmap for designers and brands. And by analyzing consumer behavior, cultural shifts, and market trends, fashion forecasters are able to provide valuable insights into the future of fashion. So fashion merchandising, um, pretty much the first step of it is to have fashions to merchandise, correct? So what that means is you have a group of people, you have a firm, they're usually called um, forecasting, they're forecasting houses. And what they do is they do in-depth analysis of what the overall climate of the world society is, where things are moving to, what are what's the lifestyle of the future. 
let's take into account everything that happened with COVID. So COVID pretty much shut the world down. So there was a frenzy because the fashion industry, a lot of industries, any retail service, the world period, just took a big hit on income, on revenue. And, you know, of course, everybody had to be bailed out. The fashions that were created were not relevant. So if you paid attention, there were crazy clearance sales as COVID started to lift and businesses started to get their merchandise that they ordered a year ago, eight months ago, six months ago, because it was no longer relevant. These are old fashions. These are old things that don't pertain to what's going on now. Once we, everyone started working from home, everybody got really, really more comfortable, pretty much being isolated. So things that required or say like evening wear and, and dress wear, you know, in jeans and things like that. That was no longer in demand because people were looking for lounge wear. I remember I walked into Banana Republic. There was not a suit in the house. Everything, there were fleece joggers everywhere. Fleece, terry, cotton. You know, it was just so dressed down. And that was the climate of the world for a long time until people got fed up. I'm like, look, we're ready to go outside. And so now you see how people are dressing up. Everybody's so excited to be social. Like it's okay. We are outside and we have arrived. Now, fashion forecasters, what they do is they use research. They analyze, they use their professional intuition and creativity and it evolves. They, they're going to study the past. They're going to do surveys. They look at who fashion influences are, what fashion influences are, because it's not always a person. You know, like I stated, sometimes it's the condition of the world, such as COVID. We went into an active wear lounge wear demand society for two years. You know, now I think we're all pretty much it's been recently declared that COVID was no longer a global threat. It was no longer a global crisis because people are ready to go outside. We are buying sequins. We are buying heels. We are buying evening wear. We are buying silk. We are buying the finest of the finest because we're ready to go outside. We're ready to feel like humans again. People are kind of evolving away from this athleisure look. Our forecasters, they keep an eye on new designers. They go to fashion shows and they work with trend experts. They also make visual boards to show, you know, what they found, like trends, what's trending in society, what's the mood of the people and what colors are people gravitating to? You know, there's a psychology of color and we'll get into that once we start talking about visual merchandising, but the psychology of color, like how are people feeling and what colors resonate with those feelings that people are experiencing? And by combining this information, they create reports and presentations and they create trend books that show upcoming fashion trends. This helps companies and designers to plan their strategies and their products. So before designers, your favorite designers are sketching and before they are 
coming up with what's next on the runway. They are depending on these forecasters to tell them, hey, this is what's coming up. This is what's going to be hot. This is where the world is going. This is what you need to design for. Now, for brands and retailers, fashion forecasting, it aids in like curating collections and optimizing inventory and planning marketing campaigns because you have to see what's what's coming. You have the forecasters that presented this to you like, hey, people are really going to be into pink. So what do you start seeing? You start seeing pink all over the runway. You start seeing pink everywhere. It's like, look, snuff. But hey, you are then we are in a world where we capitalize off of what's popular, what's trending. And sometimes they overdo it. Sometimes they don't do it enough. And by the time they caught on to what's going on, you know, the designers that aren't privy to certain situ- certain uh forecasting tools because they are expensive. You know, some designers just go off of what they see in the store. Now I'm like, oh, okay, I can design my own version of this. But Unless you're in fast fashion, you can or cannot catch that wave. Now, trend analysis is more of a method used to identify and understand the patterns and shifts in various aspects of the fashion industries. Like what are consumer preferences? What are the market trends and design directions? Like it involves uh, examining and then interpreting data to recognize recurring themes and emerging Phenomena. Trend analysis helps fashion professionals anticipate and respond to changing demands, allowing them to stay relevant and competitive in the market. Trend forecasting is forward looking. It's aiming to predict future fashion trends, while trend analysis is retrospective and it examines and interprets current and past trends. So trend analysis, you're analyzing what is and what what um what affected that what influenced it forecasting you're looking at the past what has influenced current and where the current is going to lead us to so it's forecasting just like the weather just like the weatherman they're forecasting seven days to the future based on trends of what's going on now in the weather fashion forecasters that trend up to seven years going forward depending on what is going on now in society and culture. Trend forecasting guides decision-making for the future and trend analysis provides an understanding of the present state of fashion and industry. Now, both processes are essential for fashion professionals to navigate the nature of the industry and to stay relevant in a rapidly changing market. Like fashion moves as fast as the wind like it's here today gone tomorrow and sometimes some trends stay too long and then some come back that she really don't wants to come back like these low-rise jeans but i didn't have i that wasn't my shaping you know i i never had the wherewithal to put that on i didn't i, I always was a little thicker than a snicker so them low-rise jeans i want them to go back out of style but i know I don't speak for everybody, but for me, it just was a no-go and it still is. Now, since we're moving into where we are, we are in the second quarter of business. If you are in retail, you are now in your second quarter of business. First quarter, January, February, March. Second quarter, April, May, June. Third, July, August, September. Final, October, November, December. 
Since we are in the second quarter of business, I want to talk about trend analysis the most because I feel like this will be the most impactful immediately. Generally, if you already have an established store, then you should already be receiving your spring and summer inventory and you should be looking for fall and winter. You should be closing in on your orders for fall and winter by now. Honestly, like you should already know what the trends are for fall and winter because it's out. They've, they they told us what was going to be in for fall and winter 2023-2024 back in 2022. If you're in the beginning stages of opening or planning to open, you need to start selling with the next season. Unless you already have a following and you're going to hit big books, projected in pre-sales and things like that, I wouldn't start in the middle of a season because you're going to sit on merchandise and you're going to be in a frenzy to sell it when the season changes because you need to get rid of. When you open this business, you set the tone for your clientele. Don't start creating clientele and then you run a 50% off sale to clear what you didn't sell. Because guess what you just trained your people to do? You train them to wait until it gets cheaper. I know you want your business out there. You want to go ahead and start making money. This is your dream. This is your passion. But I need you to be strategic because unless you're drop shipping, you're going to be at a loss. If you're not planning your inventory correctly, take time to look at big department stores and their flow of merchandise. You pay attention. Christmas starts in August. Valentine's Day starts right after Christmas. Easter starts right after Valentine's Day. After Mother's Day, Americana is going to be pushed with all the red, white, and blue because Memorial Day and the 4th of July. After July, it's Christmas and August through December. And if this concept is foreign to you, then you don't pay attention to merchandise and patterns and you need to get it together before you buy another unit of inventory. I was in the store the other day. Guess what's on the aisle? I went to Walmart. Yeah, Mother's Day is up front with all the flowers, but guess what's on, on aisle two? Father's Day. They already pushing Father's Day. And on an end cap, they already had the red, white, and blue coolers ready for Memorial Day and the 4th of July. It goes on. When you're buying inventory, please do not go off of just what you like. Everything goes back to what? To your target market. Understanding what they want, what their problem is, and how you will solve it. But longevity is not enough to be cute. You know, what purpose does it serve? We're in the height of overconsumption and people are struggling. You know, as, as good as it sounds, two, three years ago, yep, it was easy to be a millionaire because the government was throwing money here and there back and forth all, all over. It was raining funds. It was raining in everything. But now their help is no longer here. So unless you are, uh, uh, unless you are ahead of the curve, People are struggling every day. You know, people are struggling day to day. And I don't want you to be tone deaf and trying to get your coin because you have to respect that people are also trying to preserve theirs. So when you come out marketing, it has to be really strong and you have to create a community and you have to connect with those people for them to give you your to give you their hard earned coins. Okay. 
people are being more cognizant of how they spend their money. Now, some some of the people, you know, y'all love Fashion Nova and Shein, and I'm not a, I'm not a fast fashion girl. I I just don't like you know I'll get a couple of like essential basic essentials like tank tops and things like that. But to have a closet full of fast fashion, I just I I just can't I I, I just can't because I get attached to my clothes. I get attached. So if it's gonna tear up after two or three washes or two or three wears, baby, I just don't I just don't have time for that. Everything has a time and place. I guess you can say, but I'm just not, that's just not something that I frequent. No shade, no tea. It's just not my thing. And it's okay. You need to be relevant and set yourself apart. There's a very distinct difference between buying to sell and buying to serve. Buying to sell is buying a bunch of shit to hopefully make a profit. You think the people will like it or you have the mentality where somebody like it. You can't do that because it's your money on the line. It's your revenue. So you go and you flush dollars $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $
Look at the things that are trickling in but not saturated. Look for changes in colors, materials, and silhouettes. I remember being in Dillard's years ago and I saw a couple of pairs of clogs. You know, like mules, the kind of clog like shoe. And this was when, now this was when um, Jessica Simpson was really, really, she hurt, the girls could not get enough of Jessica Simpson shoes, honey. Jessica was everywhere. Everybody loved Jessica Simpson shoes. Jessica Simpson purses. I wasn't really familiar with her clothing because I'm down south. So a lot of fashions that I see, um, like in variation, I have to study for it. So I have to look for it. I have to be intentional in bringing you this information because here we have what Dillard's, we have a few, we don't have any luxury stores. I think we have a couple of local boutiques that offer brand name and luxury items, but this just isn't the market. Like I'm in Tennessee, so we will have to drive to Nashville to see you know what the what the big designers are doing, what the luxury designers are doing. Here's pretty local. You know, Target, Dillard's. Um, what else do we have? We had honestly, we have more makeup and food places here than we do, you know, like really good places to shop. Now we have banana. We used to have J. Crew. J. Crew closed. Um, we're trying. Down here in Memphis. They're trying. It's a little slow. But they'll get us together. Hopefully we'll get it together. Hopefully we can band together and bring some good fashions here. Because there is a desire for it. Economically, I don't think the area can sustain it. So, and of course, you know, that's what they look at. They look at economics to see what they're going to bring into the city. Trying to see what the city can support. Anywho. Back to what I was saying. So this is where Jessica Simpson was really like at the heights. And I started to put things together in my mind because the flare leg jeans were coming back. So I knew the 70s were starting to find their its way back into influencing fashion. And, you know, we've had wide leg and flare leg jeans for a little while. Well, wide leg is really a little bit more recent, but flare legs have started to come back. I know everybody's trying to get us to divorce the skinny jean, but they're just, we've been waiting for 10 years. I mean, like, leave us alone. That's something that I don't, I'm not going to be able to get rid of. I'm not getting rid of no skinny jeans. Like, they're like leggings. Leave me alone. Um, Anyway, pay attention to ads. You know, high fashion ads. Look at the themes and the colors. Pick up a magazine and see what their predictions are. They'll usually give examples of the trends uh, predicted to be big. My favorite magazine is no longer in production. And I could have cried when I found out. Now, I grew up with Lucky Magazine. I love Lucky Magazine. They stopped being in production. And I was like, well, where am I going to find myself now? So then People Style Watch came out. When I tell you that was my fashion Bible, I loved people style watch and now they're gone i think there may be like a five or six page dedication to that it's been condensed to the people magazine i don't want that i wanted my magazine that i used to get uh now i guess people everybody's kind of moving towards social media which of course it's 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 to be expected you know people aren't rushing to buy 
um, paper magazines like they were because, of course, you have social media. I just miss the good old days of those glossies and you just just go through the page and you kind of dog ear it or you highlight and write sticky notes. I miss the good old days. But anyway, magazines are a good, very, very good resource. You know, now we have still have Vogue and Cosmo and things like that. That's just that wasn't marketed towards my demographic very much. So you have to be really, really into fashion. And it was just so ad heavy. You know, it wasn't anything kind of explaining what's going on in fashion. It was just like ads. Oh, you know, it didn't break it down to me the way style people style watched it. Also, go to fashion shows and not not local fashion shows. If you can catch a good fashion show um that are that is in a larger city that's cool when i say local fashion shows i really mean down here in memphis because local fashion shows are pretty much showing the inventory that are that's in the store now like it's pulling from their current inventory if you go to like a fashion show like, um, you know, the spring in New York, New York Fashion Week. If you go to those shows, then it kind of give you a glimpse as to what's going to be pushed in the upcoming season. And you go to a local fashion show. And it's just, you know, the organizer went into the store and they said, hey, can we pull some looks? This is stuff that's already in the store. You know, so it's not really forecasting anything. It can drive sales as to what you have now. You know, it can help you kind of style and and strategize on visual merchandising, but it's, I don't think it's like a really big help in planning for the season ahead because you really can't plan for the season ahead in summer looking at current inventory because you're, you have these light fabrics, you have gauze, you have, um, you have linen, you have these cotton lightweight things, you know, so this doesn't really translate well into fall. This is stuff that you're going to want to clear. This is not anything that you can really build next season's collection on. Now we're talking about forecasting and analysis, which is what's to come. Pay attention, like I said, to Fashion Week and their themes. Uh, social media, also social media of high level fashion houses. And I need you all to do this. Please learn. Please learn. Please learn. Brands other than Gucci, Chanel, Prada, and Louis Vuitton. Please, it is imperative that you do. There are so many more relevant and beautiful brands out there. Because honestly, I don't really think, I don't really think Louis Vuitton is really relevant. I think it's an established name and it's established itself as a luxury that people acquire work to acquire the basics because they real real stuff Louis Vuitton this stuff is couture like the stuff that that's really like ahead of the curve uh that's really really holding weight I don't I don't see that in ready to wear I just don't I, I I don't see where they push the envelope they may come up with a different design but they're pretty much true to their to their heritage and that's a lot with these old historical brands like Chanel and Prada. Like I, that's they're going to do their own take on fashions that are coming. 
I don't really see where they play with different fabrics because they have an established consumer base. So these are more of a luxury brands that are heritage brands. When you look into trends that are in fashions that are more relevant as far as who has their pulse to the streets to see what exactly is going on. Um, I like Kenzo, Max Mara. I love Max Mara. I'm a Max Mara girl. Love them. Oh my gosh. Uh, Simon Miller, he's very trendy, very trendy. Just look for different, different, you know, luxury brands, different accessible brands. You know, it doesn't always have to be like a luxury, luxury brand. You know, there are advanced contemporary and bridge brands that are killing. You know, they are absolutely beautiful. Just get to know some different brands other than what, you know, has always been kind of pushed the narrative. People don't, you know, come on now. That's expand your palette. Just that's all I'm saying. Expand your palette. Now, keep in mind, forecasting fashion is like forecasting the weather, just like I went over earlier. Look for patterns and make informed decisions. You'll miss sometimes, just like the weatherman. You may see certain trends and say, hey, this may be something big, but you know, it just didn't catch on. I remember, uh, I'm going to give you one story. This is when. This was before COVID. This is when um, they were doing. Do you remember when they were doing like pajamas as ensemble? I think that's like when Fendi came out with their pajamas and people were wearing them out. Well, Banana Republic. They created a collection that mimicked that, that resembled that. It didn't go well. It didn't go well at all. It was like pajama stripes, pajama style pants, pajama style shirt. And they, they really went in with this trend. And I was working there. This did not go well, here we are in the Bible Belt, child. We are around all kind of Southern bells, and these Southern ladies were not about to go outside in anything that resembled pajamas. So we couldn't get rid of it. Y'all, I bought a suit. It's way too big now. I bought a suit. We slashed the price on down. I paid $23. For a suit, it was like a it pajama stripes, like the like you you think of striped pajamas. That's exactly what it was. It was like navy blue, white, and purple, and it was really really cute. But the thing is, when it comes to trends like that, you have to know how to do that, and you have to be a trendsetter, and you have to really embrace fashion in order for that look to be successful. Now and. It's just not a trend that translated well with a more reserved community, reserved consumer. The traditional Banana Republic customer was not trying to be outside looking like they just stepped out the house in their pajamas. So that trend did not go over very well. You know, they thought, hey, this is what high fashion is doing. Let's see if we can emulate that. No, it bombed. So let's talk about some key fashion trends for 
this spring and summer. And this, if, like, if you already have a store, this stuff should be in your store. If you already have a site, e-commerce site, these are things that should already be offered to your consumers. But if you are like me and you do not have a store, you just love fashion and you want to know what to add to what you already have. You want to know what to shop for. I'm going to walk you through a few trends that are very, very relevant on today. Okay. So the first one we're going to talk about is going to be denim. Denim is huge. Denim is huge. My favorite look um, is one that I never let go of, which is the Canadian tuxedo wearing denim top, denim jeans, or denim top of denim pants. You know, it was a top and bottom. It was considered Canadian tuxedo. I like monochromatic looks. I'm not a very... A uh, color pop girl. If I do, it's you know, it's very very few and far between. I'm not gonna come out and pop with the. I'm not gonna come out popping with color too often. I'm not gonna be a colorful person. You know, I might have a pop of color here or there. I just have always loved denim, and I think it's because my mom always had on denim. You know, she would wear like a denim top and and jeans. And I just you know, she was my Claire Huxtable. So I guess that always brings me a little bit of nostalgia. So I never let it go. And elevated denim has always been so chic to me. So this look never really left my wardrobe. Like I said, you know, in the winter, I'll pair with some boots and a coat, scarf, you know, do y'all do y'all look cold weather look. And in the spring, you know, you put on a pair of heels or, you know, some, some cute slides, just whatever you kind of feeling that day. But I've always worn a denim top and denim jeans. That's just something that always felt home to me. So while it may not have been popular, it was my thing and I rock it. Okay. So that's what you have to do as well. You have to find out what works for you and you wear your stuff how you want to wear. Just make sure you look elevated when you do it. Now I'm in the market for a new pair of jeans and I haven't found any. Well, I haven't really been looking, honestly. Um, it's in my mind. And I will scan and peruse the online peoples. But it's something that I haven't committed to because I really don't go anywhere. And I don't remember that I need jeans until I'm going out and I realize I need them. Now, Gap used to be really good with jeans, but they closed all their locations near me and I'm just not moved. Enough to invite the hassle of ordering pair after pair and returning five, six pairs of jeans. I just don't. I, I, that aspect of e-commerce frustrates the hell out of me. Because I'm like, don't take, how you take gap? You know, but I do understand they're struggling. But it's just, it's, it's just too much. Sometimes it just gets to be too much. Okay. When it comes to options. That's all I'm saying. As you purchase pieces for your storefront or your closet, really try to make sense of it all with the different styles and washes that are presenting at shows and in editorials. Now, the next trend I want to talk about is color pink. I don't love pink. I like it to convey whatever image message I'm trying to give at the time, but I'm not a girly girl. You know, Barbie has never been that girl for me. I'm more of a neutral girl. 
that will surprise you every now and then with a pop of color. Like I said, I've usually, actually, I kind of, I've surprised myself. I'm going to talk about this. I surprised myself. I bought something pink. I bought a pink dress. And baby, this dress is like no other pink dress I have ever put on. I don't even think I've ever bought a pink dress. Have I bought a pink dress? I've never even bought a pink dress. This might be my first pink dress in adulthood that I have purchased. I'm going to tell you where to find this dress. On Skims. Skims is and will be. As long as they keep giving me what I need. Skims is going to be my girl when it comes to dresses. The pink one that I ordered is from the latest drop they had, which is the, um, was well, probably not the latest now because Kim dropped something every other day trying to get my monties. Um, this is in the shine Jersey collection. I bought the pink one and the brown one and it gives, okay. Offering time came and they gave. Pink is relevant right now in every hue from the faintest pastel to the boldest and the brightest. This pink is more of a, it's really more of a fuchsia. It's a really concentrated pink and it just fits and hugs me in all the right places. It hugs me like it missed me. Okay. It is a crew neck. It's short sleeve. It's a long dress, but it has a split up the back, which is really different from all the dresses that I purchased from Skins because I always buy the soft lounge maxi dresses. This was the first, well, no, because I bought the sheer dress, the black sheer dress a couple of years ago. And then I have the black off the shoulder. I think that fits everybody. No, I think it, I think that's a smooth lounge. I don't know. Skims is not uh, sponsoring this episode. I'm just telling you how much I love them. But Skims does. Kim, you do need to holler at me because I have given you a lot of money. Okay. I love your stuff, girl. The stuff that work. Because sometimes it's not a little hit or miss. But you know, if you know, you know. Let's move on to the next trend, shall we? So that is going to be maximalism. I think the world is pretty much over 50 shades of beige. The fashion people, we are done with the one-two step, okay? And I'm so glad. I think I want to do a video on this one because I don't think monochromatic maximalism is presented very well. Now, traditionally, maximalism is to incorporate different styles or really kind of like eclectic and not sticking to one style type of vibe. You know, it varies in textures and prints in different colorways. Just uh, it's just a print. It's just just print shit. You know, it's just print. It's just florals, leopards, stripes, paisleys. You know, it's just kind of kind of everything all thrown up into one. And if that's your thing, bless your heart, you know, hey, love it for you. But I'm just, I get overwhelmed by a lot of stuff. Uh, if it's too much visually, I can't take it in. And a whole lot of different patterns going on at one time. And to just have that as my whole wardrobe, that would drive me absolutely crazy. But this is me. This We're talking about me here. And if you can identify with me, then you know what I'm talking about. It just overwhelms me. I'm not a colorful person. Pops of color, yeah. Three different patterns and three different colorways. It overstimulates me. And I and I just can't do it. But I do like to put it on. 
Okay, I like to stack. I like oversized accessory pieces. I love black and brown and olive green. And I love gray. I love gray. I think gray is a good alternative to white. I think gray is a good alternative to white because when people are expecting a white shirt underneath something, gray is a good neutral, but you have to pick the right shade of gray for you. I love gold. I love silver. I like to play with things that are my style within different trends. Personal style, my personal style is to layer neutral tones. Okay, so when I say monochromatic maximalism, I mean, say I have on, say I'm, 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 today is a gray day, you know, I, hey, I'm going to wear gray. So I might have on a gray, a gray dress, a gray top and some blue jeans, you know, but guess what I'm going to do? I might kick on some silver metallic shoes. I'm going to lay on my silver jewelry. I'm going to make sure my handbag is a neutral. If I'm doing, let's see if I do gray shirt, blue jeans, we might do a pop of color just to add something with the shoe, maybe like a chartreuse or something like that. But I'm going to layer on my jewelry. I'm going to have my big bag. I'm going to have my, my shades. You know, it's like making a statement without saying too much. Because it's, like I said, it's for those of us that are overstimulated by a lot of color. Monochromatic maximalism can help you make that statement. Be that girl without stepping outside of what you're too far outside of your comfort zone. Because if you're too outside of your comfort zone, your, your clothes going to wear you. You're not going to be wearing your clothes. Now, maximalism prints are all over prints. And I think this fares better with kimonos and the silky two-piece sets that we're seeing. Just like Finoel, she just did a collection. She She's known for her two pieces and her kimonos and her, her Floyd things. So when you start looking at a lot of color, I think if it's like a two-piece set that is coordinated correctly, I can do that. I, I, I like that. I like that idea. But when it just comes to, you know, all these different prints, that are not cool. They just clash. It's, it's just too much. Okay. It's, it's just too much. Don't change your complete aesthetic trying to accommodate a trend. You know, if you know your consumer base, find things they can incorporate with things you're probably that you've previously, you know, stocked so they can build their wardrobes with you. Did you sell a collection of cargo pants really, really well? Well, Show style and options with a few of the trendy pieces in your new inventory. You know, if you have a nice button down or a cool jacket that you think will go with the, or a cute little top that you think will go with the cargos that you previously offered, what's a good thing to do? You can have one of your models model a pair of the pants that you previously sold that you sold out or that's current, you know, like an essential in your inventory and you pair with your new merchandise and that way you can show hey if you've purchased these pants from us you can build upon your previous purchase and this will look really really cute with it it kind of creates community and then it creates also a sense of familiarity your consumer can count on you to help them establish different war different 
outfits in their wardrobe versus just being a one hit wonder. You know, they can come to you every now and then, you know, for a little piece here or there, but it's not something that they can count on you for being consistent and building upon your previous person. So that's what, that's kind of what I want you to kind of get into. If you are the owner of a boutique or, you know, that's your goal, you're strategizing to open your business. Don't veer, don't just offer a bunch of shit, you know, and you overwhelm the consumer because they don't even know, you don't know your consumer. They don't really know what to do with all these different styles that you're throwing at them because it doesn't hold true to any particular aesthetic. That can be really, really challenging. And then if if your if your consumers they're not maximalists at all, if you know you're in the beige age and you like really really neutral tones, then if you want to partake in the maximalism trend, I would say monochromatic. Maximalism. Find some prints, you know, find some accent pieces that have the maximalism effect, but are in those, but have different color ways of the neutrals, like uh, a kimono with browns and creams and, and grays and things like that. Try to keep it in line with what you offer and what your, what your consumer's aesthetic is. So this next one is going to be natural materials. Uh, think of linen, hemp, and silk. Think undone and raw edges. These are lighter in weight and they're also eco-friendly and sustainable. So if you have a boutique, sourcing these materials is going to be a little bit more costly. So be sure you can recoup your investment. Linen is not cheap. It's not cheap. These are considered more luxurious than the standard cotton and the twins polyester. You know, linen is also hypoallergenic and it's antibacterial. Now the girl, she gonna wrinkle, but that's the beauty of this fabric. <clears throat> if it wrinkles, as I would say, if it you know the old the older generation, honey, if it wrinkles, that means it's it's good linen. Good linen wrinkles. Personally, I love a, a linen suit. You know, Banana Republic does linen like no other child. A few other ready-to-wear brands that do linen very well are going to be Brand Walker and Eileen Fisher. I used to work at Dillard's. Brand Walker and Eileen Fisher are their bridge captains. The bridge department is going to be Eileen and Brand. In any Dillard's you walk into, if they have a bridge department, you're going to see Eileen, and you're going to see Brand. Brand is a little bit more mature, but you can make it work. Like there are pieces that you can pull from Brand that can that you can make look younger. Eileen, she has pieces. These are brands that are traditionally a little bit more mature, but you can make anything work if you know what you're doing and you know how to style it. But if you're looking for good linen quality pieces for, you know, like more elevated brands, Bryn Walker, Eileen and Banana Republic are definitely going to be your go to's. Also, Sheen. This is the last uh, trend that I want to cover. Sheen. 
It is ultra luxurious. And this is your satins and satines. This is more for evening dressing and lounge wear. And it's really, really popular with handbags right now. Some brands that are executing this really well right now are Norma Kamali and Stella McCartney. So if you look at them, you'll be able to see how they have those shiny pieces that can you can incorporate into your wardrobe without it being formal. Also, you know, there are like little handbags and nylon bags that are really cute and on the market right now. There's this one brand. I think it's MZ Wallace. It's not something that I'm really, really familiar with. Let me look it up for y'all. MC Wallace. I was looking at um let me see what this is for y'all. Yeah, it's MZ Wallace. I've seen them on social media. I'm not very, very familiar with them to where I can speak to them, but they do have a collection of kind of like that shiny sateen material. And they come in like different tote bags, work bags, um, like little chain bags that kind of remind you of Chanel because it's quilted. So MZ Wallace, you can go check them out if you want to see what it looks like in a shiny bag. Or you can always go to sites like Neiman Marcus and Nordstrom's or whatever and just browse through their inventory. But that's the brand that, I, that came out of my mind right off. So this has been... A wonderful, wonderful episode. I think this has been one of our longer episodes so where we really kind of dug into some things. Oh, child, we're almost an hour into this. But I just want to make sure that you are understanding the different roles that play into fashion, uh, the difference between forecasting and, and analysis, because whether you are a business owner or you are managing your own personal brand and you want to make sure that you're on point, if you love fashion and you want to be relevant and you're just looking to build your wardrobe and, you know, just make sure that you're you have your finger on the pulse of the streets or of the fashion, your fashion girly. Then I hope this episode has been very enlightening for you. Of course, I'm going to go back always and refer you to the website, howshoe.co. Make sure you sign up for the free ebook. It comes with no strings attached. I just want you to have this wonderful, 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 wonderful visual that I created for you just so you can have a visual point of reference. Okay. So I will talk to you all in the next episode. We are going to talk about, we've talked about analysis. So next we're going to talk about uh, production production and supply change supply chain management so as always thank you all for taking time out to listen to me i want you all to have a wonderful and blessed life until we meet again have a great one and i'm out y'all peace <music>